Good morning. Danny here. I noticed on the calendar this morning that it's been nine months since I've started walking with you in this journey. I've always believed that being a pastor, being a person in my case, is more about relationship than task. But because of our uh, COVID that we could uh, add some adjectives in front of it, uh, this has been more about task than relationship, or at least so it feels to me. And I uh, am still hurting that after nine months, I've hardly met any of you. Uh, don't know your names when I see you. And uh, so uh, I am in mourning alongside you with, of hoping when we finally get these vaccinations, we can come back to life. And uh, given my relative age, I'm going to get my vaccination before most of you. So uh, I can't wait. I'm standing in line already. So good morning. It's uh, good to be with you again in this place. I decided to come to the, the new office that you're going to see a tour of in a bit to, uh, to just feel the vibe a little bit of artisan. So bless you. Praying the Psalms, Psalm 23 and Jesus. While I and almost no one, even in England anymore, speak the early Middle English of Shakespeare, two biblical texts in English of that same language era as found in the King James Version of the Bible are burned into my memory. Although I'm not that many hundreds of years old, these two texts are burned into my memory and they are of course, Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer, and King David's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. My rod, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days in my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's talk about this famous psalm, Psalm 23, and mine it in our brief time together for what is contained in these golden words and how much it might teach us about how to pray. The Lord or Adonai in the Hebrew is my shepherd, is how it begins. And I want to talk about this word shepherd before we get back into the general business of the text for today. What's a shepherd? It's not a commonly known modern career in the developed world being a shepherd anymore. The term shepherd therefore needs defining, especially for our young people. A shepherd is mostly an olden days on foot cowboy who looked after sheep and goats in fenceless fields as the animals wandered throughout their days looking for something green to eat. Shepherds would lead out the sheep in early mornings, make sure they had water to drink, were protected from marauding other animals and rustlers, and then were brought back buying and bleating home to their nomadic leaders, owners at night, to sleep safely again and start all over again the next. 
The same is true today in various parts of the world, but not anywhere in Vancouver, not even outside our window here, where all we see are ships and trains now and some fog this morning. But shepherds have a high rating in the Bible. The term shepherd is a metaphor for a kind of leader who combines leadership with strength and compassion and wisdom and more. In John 10 of the New Testament of the Bible, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd a couple of times, saying first that a good shepherd is one who lays down his life for his friends. And secondly, the good shepherd knows his sheep and they know him. Double whammy there, tremendous value in being a shepherd. After three more packed chapters of Jesus' teaching, John in chapter 14 throws out the enormous and some would say curious line, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you and I say I am, we are saying who we think we are. But what might you think the Jewish school children and the listeners of Jesus steeped in Jewish teaching of their day, what they would have heard in the synagogues and the learning places or their schools when they heard these words, I am. They wouldn't have thought immediately of describing themselves. They would have thought of the story that they were well aware of where Moses encounters the burning bush. And God says, I am who I am. And so the listeners to Jesus, as the day that he spoke this out loud in whatever setting he spoke it, and he probably did it on a number of occasions, the Jewish listeners would immediately known that he was referencing God and he was declaring himself to be God, along with declaring who he was, double meaning, always layered meanings in Jewish teaching. I am God. I am who I am. So that's how this term started. Then he said, I am the way, the way. For us, that's just a path, a roadway. The way in Hebrew is the word halakha, which describes the 613 laws, rules, by which a righteous Jew knows how they should live in order to love God and to love their neighbor. Halakha. Jesus says, I am God. I am halakha. What? Yes, I am the 613 laws embodied in me. You may not have to memorize the six orders of the 613 laws. Just live the way I live. Do what I do, and you will have naturally lived out the 613 laws. I am the truth. In Hebrew, the word truth is emet. Sort of the English pronunciation of it. It is made up of three Hebrew words or letters, Aleph, Mem, and Tav. Aleph is the first letter of the, of the Hebrew alphabet. Mem is the very center letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And Tav is the last letter. So what is truth? It is the beginning and the middle and the end of all that can be said. And again, I was told by my rabbinical teachers when I was studying in Jerusalem that every listener would have understood that's what he was saying, that I'm beginning and middle of the end of all truth. That's what truth is. It encompasses all that can be said. And that is what contains life. However, if you take the word emmet, it means truth. If you take off 
the first letter Aleph, you're left with Met, which is death. When you drop off the Aleph out of truth, you are met with death. Therefore, truth is undeath or life. And he anticipates then the last word of the phrase, life. Life in Hebrew is chai. If you watch Fiddler on the Roof, if you've ever been to a Jewish wedding, lachayim, to life, which is a blessing and a wish for you. So Jesus is saying, I am God. I am the way, halakha, the 613 laws by which I am the truth. I am encompassing all that can be known. And I am the life, abundant and forever. So Jesus is saying in this short term, more efficiently and effectively than we could almost ever know verbally, he is instructing. He's giving, he says, just imitate me. He is giving truth, which is on death. And he is a blessing and he gives a blessing. It's enormous what he has said in this text. So that's how he starts to begin to teach this today. So back to our psalmist, writing of what the shepherd Jesus gifts to his people. Let me braid together the King James Version, the complete Jewish Bible version, and the message of Psalm 23 for us to hear what is being said in this familiar text, for us to grasp the language, the emotion, see the images, and absorb the metaphors that David wants us to grasp. So these three texts together, or these three versions. The Lord is my shepherd. Adonai is my shepherd. God, my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. I don't need a thing. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He has me lie down in the grassy pastures. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He leads me by the quiet water. You find me quick pools to drink from. He restoreth my soul. He restores my inner person. You let me catch my breath. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He guides me in the right paths for the sake of his own name. True to your word, you send me in the right direction. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Even if I pass through death's dark ravines, I will fear no disaster. For you are with me. Your rod and staff reassure me. Even when the way goes through death valley, I'm not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. You prepare a table for me, even as my enemies watch. You anoint my head with oil from an overflowing cup. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and grace will pursue me every day of my life, and I will live in the house of Adonai for years and years to come. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. So what does our text say as to how this Lord Shepherd leads his flock, his people? What can we parse from this psalm that the shepherd like God can bestow upon us? Because it is full of the promises of the bestowing. How does this psalm teach us to pray? Take a pen or pencil and walk through this psalm, writing down the words that it says that the Lord gives us, that the Lord provides us with that the Lord bestows upon us. Let me share what I found doing this, but take some time soon in the next day or two to do the same for yourself. Sit and just let these, the words and the images come out at you and make a record of them for your own knowledge. Watch what images arise, what words spill out and be amazed. Here's what I found the Psalmist said to me, that the shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus, simply and profoundly gives me. He gives me rest. The voice that says, get some sleep. Let me move your pillow. Let me cover you up. Let me bring you a drink. Restoration, a nudge in a way and the potential to divine destinies, to changes forwards and changes backwards Restoration, newness, newness. We are not stuck where we're stuck. A new day is coming. Righteousness, righteousness, big word, huge meaning. The ability to be and to do good. And if we're watching Jesus and we're walking in his footsteps, we're doing that naturally. We don't have to remember what chapter and verse that came from. It will just arise out of his being in our being. A reducing of fear in a fearful world. We're kind of scared. We can be kind of scared. Wake up at night, hmm, can't breathe, can't smell. Do I have COVID? Or who sat around the corner? What was that knock on my door at three in the morning? And then there's a list. What does he give us? Protection, companionship, comfort, safety. The words are piling up. Four big things to get us through the day, through the night, through life itself. Nourishment. Nourishment, we know at many levels, at every human level. It's kind of love in a dangerous time, to quote Bruce Coburn. An anointing, old concept, anointing, a pouring over. We have images in the Old Testament of oil pouring over us and sort of getting us all gooey and wonderful. Nourishment and anointing, a value and a calling that drenches us, a God's being that overwhelms us and takes us to better than we can ever be without that. And fills a filling. You wake up in the morning filled and ready to go. 
fills our being, our spirits, our ability to be religious, no, our ability to be human, to be fully human as image bearers of our creator God. There is no fuller fill than that. How can we be but aware that in the hands of such a God, we are daubed and smeared and painted and covered and injected and infected with goodness and mercy, all those things and more that will bountifully dog us as you, Lord, make your home in us and as we make our homes in you forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. That's Psalm 23. Who knew? Praying is living with the Psalms. We learn to pray by praying. We learn to pray by praying Psalm 23. We learn to pray knowing that the shepherd in Psalm 23 is the good shepherd Jesus of John 10 and of John 14 and the whole book. Then praying here and everywhere is hanging out with Jesus, talking, listening, sitting down, standing up, kneeling, lying face down, hands stretched out, laughing, crying, holding hands, making love, sharing a meal, telling a story, being silent, forgiving, being forgiven, alone and with those people who come and go in and out of our lives by divine chance and by both harsh and lovely happenstance. Praying is giving and receiving, growing and knowing, learning and forgetting, falling down and getting up, seeing our chains falling off, picking up our beds, and being poured over with amazing grace. Praying in this time of Lent is leaning towards the knowledge of the horror that it took Jesus' complete love and his life for us to get it. To enable us to spiritually sometimes soar on wings like eagles, to sometimes run with weariness, and to be able to walk just as dramatically without fainting. The three are the same because sometimes that's all we get. It's the same God who's getting us there. Prayer is living and dying with Jesus and with him, it's all good. When we pray, we learn to pray. When we walk with Jesus embodied in his way, we pray like he prayed in the present. And that's why I jump out of the King James Version to the message for this to close. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep ourselves, keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge, you're in charge. You can do anything you want. You are ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs>